Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Work Matters, where we spend some time with members of our church, getting to know them and getting to know the good work that they are doing as God has called them to. And uh, today we have the great privilege of spending some time with my friends uh, Nathaniel and Nelson Marie Mullins. I've known them for, for quite a while, I had the pleasure of uh, being in their wedding uh, out of state, and uh, it's just been such a great joy to know them and to fellowship with them and to grow in Christ. Uh, with them. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us, Ronnie. Yeah, absolutely. So hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump to it, man. You guys have something really exciting uh, coming up uh, in the area of, of missions, and uh, we we talked a little bit about this. And then just for clarity, for the sake of our of our listeners, um, you know, there's a possibility. Who knows? Down the road, maybe you guys become uh, official partners of the Bible Church. But you guys are going on a one year assignment, and I wanted to give our church an opportunity to hear uh, a little bit about this, so they can pray for you guys, so they can be encouraged by the work that you guys are doing. So you guys are heading out uh, in December. You'll be gone for a year, heading to Thailand, uh, working for the Cornerstone Counseling Foundation. Uh, Nathaniel, tell, tell us a little bit more uh, about that, about the work that you're going to be doing and, and why you guys feel called to do this. Yeah. Um, so Cornerstone Counseling Foundation is a counseling center that provides uh, mental health services to Christian workers and to Thai nationals. Um, it's been around for decades, um, but they've got this really cool residency program that allows uh, new graduates, uh, someone like myself, I just finished um, seminary uh, from Gordon Conwell um, with a master's in Christian counseling. So kind of in the mental health counseling world, but also lots of conversation you know, with faith and what it means to be a Christian and a counselor. So bringing those two fields together. Um, and Cornerstone is a place um, where Christian workers can come when they need help. Um, so this is a one year, one year position that we've got. Yeah. All right, but I thought uh, I thought Christian workers were like heroes of the faith, and they've just got everything. Uh, they're all put together. They have no issues, right? Um, they oh, just they just you are so they, right. Yeah, faith faith through your problems. You know, like I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that like when you go overseas, all of your problems disappear. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. That's what I hear too. Well, t- tell us, yeah, tell us it, a bit about the importance of this work that you're doing, and uh, why why is it necessary? I mean, this organization has been around for decades, so this isn't necessarily a uh, a new realization. Uh, but I do yeah. think it's something that uh, we are becoming more aware of as as churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us about the importance and the need uh, for this kind of work you guys are going to engage in. Yeah, the the need is huge. Um, you know, counseling can benefit a number of people. Um, you know, so just imagine like normal person off the street. Maybe they have some anxiety. Maybe they just have difficulty coping with major life transitions. You know, something like that. Something that you know, a few sessions maybe could really help someone get oriented. So you take maybe like that normal person who perhaps also has some stuff from their childhood. Maybe their parents got divorced. We know that divorce has been like on the rise over the past several decades. So we take someone with some like normal stuff, but then they move overseas. And now they've got all of the cross-cultural stuff. Um, and then also, as you were just mentioning, uh, maybe their expectations um, are that, oh, now that I am 
you know, like a missionary and I'm out on the front lines, that means I need to really perform and I can't have any weaknesses. That's a lot of pressure for them to be putting on themselves. You know, hopefully not, but maybe their churches also put that pressure on them or, you know, their supporters. So there's this becomes this pressure cooker where the normal problems in a cross-cultural context with, you know, enlarged expectations um, lead to sometimes moral failings and sometimes just incredible stress and burnout. And so a place like Cornerstone exists to help meet that need um, where folks can um, go get the help that they that they need without having to come maybe all the way back to the States. But sometimes, too, there can be this mindset of, oh, like I, I came over here and all of these problems like started popping up. If I go back home and then I get all better, well, maybe that means that I, I can't be healthy and thriving on the field. Maybe I can only be better here. So Cornerstone's in that sweet spot where they're out, they're on the field, they're able to get the help that they need, realize, okay, I can work through these things, I can gain some new skills, and then I can go back to my context. Um, yeah. And then, I guess to layer on top of that, like, you know, these things maybe are coming up for the parents, but sometimes the kids also feel the effects of this. And so I'll be working with kids and teens as a mental health counselor. Um, and the stress that the kids carry from the expectations that their parents have of themselves or people have of their parents. Um, it just gets super messy, super fast. Yeah, I, I want to present on that here in just a second, but I'd love to hear a little bit from Elsa Marie too. And speaking of speaking of kids, uh, you guys are moving, not just the two of you, moving with your sweet boy, Simeon, as well. Uh, Elsa Marie, tell us a little bit about what your, uh, your role is going to be while you guys are gone. Yeah, well, um, at first, I'm definitely going to focus on taking care of Simeon, or he'll be two as we're leaving. I think we're leaving on his second birthday. Um, and uh, that'll be a shift because I've been working full time um, currently, and Nathaniel's been taking care of him. So um, we're also going to need to find a place to live and how to cook and all of that good logistical stuff, learn how to drive. Um and so I'll be focusing on trying to just make sure that we're taken care of as a as a family unit, um, first off. And then I'm you know, once we feel a little bit more settled and Nathaniel's into a good routine at work, we'll see um what other opportunities pop up. There's a lot to do, um, a lot of ways to serve. And I'm excited to kind of see where God leads me and and, and what I feel is right. Um in the coming in the coming months so how does Simeon feel about Thai food <laughs> he likes it yeah. yeah he loves it he loves noodles he'll say no 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 yeah, yeah he loves awesome. noodles loves he's, he's not quite super spicy yet but I think he'll grow into it um and I'm excited because this will be the first time Nathaniel's practicing full-time he's done um clinical rotation so he has been he has been you know practicing in a clinical setting um, but this will be a different level of intensity. So I'm excited to support him and um, and support his, his coworkers as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Nathaniel, you mentioned uh, these pressures um, that missionaries have. Sometimes they're self-imposed. Sometimes uh, they can be imposed, whether real or not. 
they can be perceived as being imposed by their sending organization, uh, by their supporters, by their home church, by a variety of factors, right? And they, you think you got to like, man, if I go and I don't achieve A, B, and C in this timeline, I'm a failure. And then a lot of that expectation, uh, unfortunately, then carries weight into the home as well. And you are alluding to that, uh, to the pressure that it puts on on, on the kids. And that's going to be your area of focus. Could you give us, uh, yeah, just speak into that a little bit more. I'd love to to hear, uh, you know, from my uh, side of things, just hear more and more about how difficult it can be for TCKs, right? For third culture mm-hmm. kids, especially when they come back, they feel like the place where they were raised on the mission field is not fully home because they're a foreigner there. And then they come back stateside and they feel like, huh, this isn't home either. Like, where is home, right? And there's an identity yeah. crisis. So how are you going to solve all of those issues uh, during your one year there? Yeah, well, definitely will not be solving all of the issues, um, but hopefully we'll get to walk alongside some kids and some teens who are wrestling with that and sit with them in that wrestling and help them, I guess, get better at the wrestling. Um, so much of it is an ongoing conversation for kids as they figure out their identity. You know, that's true here in the States, and it just gets more complicated if, you know, your parents, you know, view home as one place, but then your home has been another place. And then going home is is really a, a complicated question. Sometimes, you know, TCKs or third culture kids might feel more at home in the transitional space, you know, between places like oh, home is the airplane, because that's where like that's been the most consistent experience, especially for kids who've, who've moved a lot of different places. Um, yeah, so getting to sit with kids, um, as they, yeah, wrestle with sometimes their faith, especially, you know, as, as they get older, it's like, my parents were called here. I wasn't called here. Like, why am I here? Um, and what it, yeah, what it looks like um, to, yeah, to own those things for themselves. Um, yeah, it's a really gnarly process. And it's something that, like, folks in the local churches can be sensitive to. Um, you know, it's it's not just something, oh, this is counselors only. Counselors only should talk about this. Um, like, uh, you know, folks in local churches who support missionaries uh, can be aware of some of that baggage, maybe, that comes with being a TCK or, or with an MK. And to recognize, like, hey, you're, you're your own person. You're not just your parents. You're not just your parents, kid, and like taking an interest in them in their own right uh, sometimes can go a long way. Yeah, kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, if you're in an intense setting and it's hard to make time for just family time, like the kids can feel left left out of the real work or, you know, kind of if work always comes first, then, then you know, where does family fall um, on the line of priorities? And so when a kid gets to go to a counseling room and the counselor like the thing will be is just for them (laughs) it's not for their parents it's not for anybody else um that can be powerful just as it is for adults to go in and know like this person is just for me (laughs) and my health um and so even if it's a short time or over the span of just a couple weeks like that can be that can be huge um for an individual Mm. 
Nathan, I'm really curious, the training that you've gotten to this point. Um, so you're going to be doing a residency with Cornerstone, right? So that the implications there is that this is part of your ongoing training, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, yeah. So my education has formally finished. I, you know, I have my degree, but this will be part of my building towards my hours to be fully licensed. So I'll be okay. provisionally licensed in the state of North Carolina, but it's building my hours. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, so my question is, I'm just curious, how much, how much do you feel like your education has prepared you for this specific kind of work? And how much do you expect that the residency itself is, is going to be like, um, really the formational Part of okay, you got all this knowledge. In, in other words, did, did your training prepare you for working with missionaries in a you know and in their children, uh, or are you going with a certain set of skills that now you're going to kind of hone as hone in on as you serve there? Both. <laughs> okay, that's great. Yeah, I, yeah, I both feel feel prepared and feel totally unprepared, um, and it's a little bit of like a paradox. You know, this like stepping into counseling, this is true just with an individual client. And it's true, you know, on on the big scale of like starting to see clients, right? When I step into the room with someone that I've never met before, um, I don't know anything about them. Maybe I've like read some paperwork. Maybe I could start to make some assumptions based on some things that I read in that paperwork, but I don't know them. And... I think that what is most helpful for someone is when you know, the counselor is able to really step into their world and to accurately empathize with them, you know, to try to see things as they see things, to hear things as they hear things, to not lose themselves in the story or to not lose themselves in the pain, but be able to sit with them in their world as best they can and to communicate and to kind of reflect back um, what it must be like, perhaps, you know, you know, check me if I'm wrong, right? What, what, you know, and to, to empathize with them in that experience, um, that process of being known, that process of feeling felt, that process of really being heard, um, uh, is, is a transformative one. So I think my education has given me a lot of skills to, to listen well in that very like particular way. Um, and so in that sense, I feel prepared and also each, each client is totally new. Um, and so there might be quote unquote common problems that multiple clients, you know, share. Um, but each client's take on, on their issues is unique. Um, and so it requires balancing both that uniqueness and some of the commonalities. And you can read and do research about you know, the commonalities um, between people, um, but nothing, no amount of reading prepares you to encounter a unique image of God. Um, mm. So that's a beautiful thing. And also, yeah, can't be totally prepared. Um, so I'm excited and a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a lot to hold. Yeah. I would say too, we don't want to discredit, like we've, you've gotten to work at Alongside, which provides intensive counseling for missionaries, including their kids. And one of the unique things about Alongside and what Nathaniel got to do last summer is that they provide um, psychoeducational seminars and then individual counseling for adults. And those, the topics of the seminars um, are presented in age appropriate ways at the teen, at the elementary age, and even at the early childhood age for their kids. So it's not just a child care program. It's very much 
giving content to the whole family the same day. And so Nathaniel got to go into each of those settings for the adults and the teens and the kids and see some of how the staff worked and what they were doing. Um, He's taken a play therapy. All of his clinical rotations in Durham were in the Durham public schools with um, teens and kids. And so most of your, you know, practical experience so far has been with kids and teens. Mm -hmm. And it's still true that everyone is going to be unique and um, that you don't know what else you're going to come across. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I would say like my training at seminary prepared me broadly for counseling, but not specifically for counseling with missionaries. That's something kind of an interest that I brought brought into the program. Um, And then yeah, I had the opportunity to to work at, uh, you know, there are like half a dozen, tops a dozen of these places around the world um, that provide counseling services to missionaries. Um, and alongside is a stellar one, you know, here in the States. So um, got to... Well, shout out to last... Carol and Jerry. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Carol and Jerry. That's right. Um, yeah, so I... That was a phenomenal training ground. Um, that was kind of the specific, like demographic training for working with this population. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, I was, I was just curious, you know, like how, how niche does the training become, uh, stateside, and then how much is it like? Here you go, man. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. While I am there, you know, in Cornerstone. There will be a lot to learn. You know, that's something that excites me about the field of counseling. There, you know, there's always more stuff to learn, not just about clients, but then also about like different theories or different techniques or interventions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the field itself is changing over time, so there will be lots of ongoing learning, uh, building on the solid foundation that I got at Gordon Conwell. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm curious too. Uh, you mentioned that the work you're going to be doing is going to be with Christian workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, by that, I infer you're talking about maybe foreign Christian workers, mm-hmm. and then with Thai nationals as well. Are the Thai nationals are they also Christian workers, or are they, you know, just kind of anyone who walks in and wants the services? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I I'm not totally sure. Okay. Um, I know that the tide counseling uh, world has um, has maybe started in the past couple of decades. Um, so it's it's something that, as part of my resi- residency, um, I'll be helping um, provide support. I'm not exactly sure what that looks like yet okay. um, for the tide counseling that Cornerstone um, provides. So I know some of what they've done is like community education um, around the topics of mental health. Um, yeah, so and, and, I'll, I'll, I'll see. And Cornerstone has several Thai, Thai counselors, right. Thai-speaking native Thai folks. And so mm-hmm. Nathaniel won't be providing counseling to native Thai speakers, most likely, but we'll be supporting those who do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I would love to hear you guys talk about how faith and counseling uh, intersect. Um, I think there are people... So as, as a pastor, um, I have had people come to me for counseling and, you know, we'll talk. And at some point I will say, I'm not a professional counselor. And sometimes I'll say, and I think you should go see one. And sometimes, um, sometimes I feel like the, the person I'm talking to is almost surprised by hearing that, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
And I don't know if there's still a, a, a bit of a cultural stigma against um, towards mental health in general. And then if even more precise and maybe even more acutely, if there's a stigma among Christians um, and thinking, you know, we were kind of joking around. It's like, oh, man, you're a Christian. You don't have any problems, right? Everything, it's, it's, all, it's all good. Um, just, just pray. That's all you got to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, where's that balance? I mean, we can't we can't throw discard either of those things, right? We can't say just pray. We also can't say just get counseling. There's a there's a harmony. There's a balance there. Um, how do how do you guys think through that? And um, how would you encourage people who are watching this, uh, who may be curious about that? How would you encourage them to yeah. to, to hold that tension? Man, there's, it's it's such a such a rich conversation to to jump into. There are a number of resources you know, that that come to mind. There are a number of different ways of holding that tension, um, and the the results are can be can be different um, depending how you decide to hold the tension. Um, I think of one way of approaching kind of the intersection of like psychology and Christianity. Um, maybe there's like a levels of explanation, like, you know, we're human beings, we have biology. Um, and so there's also neurobiology. And so stuff maybe is happening at that level. Um, but then also we've got relationships. And so things are happening sometimes at the relational level. Um, and then there's also maybe just internal to your own head, and then there are spiritual things. So maybe there are like multiple layers of someone's experience. Um, and you know, how do those interact and how do we see those interact? Um, and if there's distress that enters in one you know, layer of your experience, you know, how, does, how does that affect you know, the other layers? That's like one way um, of approaching it. Um, I was just thinking of... Um, I think this would take us down a different route, but I'll, I'll, I'll go this way for a little bit. Um, I was thinking about when you were first talking, the parable of the sower. Um, and oftentimes we think about that kind of in an evangelism context. Um, you know, evangelism is something that, like, in the counseling room, you know, is, is, not, is not my role. I think as a pastoral counselor, you always have an ear towards, um, okay, you know, how can the gospel intersect with this person's particular life? Um, and as a mental health counselor licensed by the state, um, my role is to really honor and respect the client's values and whatever they're bringing. So if they have a faith and they want to bring that faith in, by all means, like I would engage with them, you know, from you know at, at that level with what they're with what they're bringing, um, um, but respecting kind of their autonomy in that sense. Um, so with this parable of the sower um, and thinking about okay, like how does the hope of the gospel spread in the context of counseling? If I'm not going to be like overtly sharing the gospel, thinking about it as like the rocks of trauma in the soil of someone's life. And the work of counseling is taking out those rocks, identifying the rocks, naming the rocks, <laughs> helping mm-hmm. someone see, oh man, these are rocks. Man, this is really preventing my thriving. Um, and doing the really difficult work of laboring alongside someone to remove those rocks um, so that they're the soil of their life can be healthier. And maybe at some other point they can be receptive um, to the good news. Um, so it's kind of a like very 
I was going to say very practical. Maybe it still feels abstract, um, but in terms of like a, a practical way of like, um, yeah, seeing the relationship between how faith um, and like and how counseling intersects. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about how you've mentioned like, like with anything, but especially where you're not in a context where you can be overtly sharing the gospel, you're just trusting the Holy Spirit to work. Um, and trusting that, that God wants people to be healthy and you can help lead people towards health and, and that, um, he'll, he'll keep working in people's lives, um, and, and trust that he knows what that person needs. (laughs) Um, and we'll, we'll continue to work. Um, and I think about it as, you know, just as if you had were diagnosed with cancer, you would go and get help. Like if you're diagnosed with a mental health problem or you just feel like you need help, um, it's okay to take advantage of all the tools that God has given us, right? Of medicine, of doctors, of good nutrition, of exercise. Good Not that those things will yeah. just make cancer go away, but all these things that help help us be healthy. Um, that like counseling is just part of that gamut of different things that we can do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a, yeah, it's, it's just important to remember that we're whole people. Um, and so each of these layers of our experience matter and, um, like pursuing health and, you know, biologically, as well as socially, as well as spiritually, as well as psychologically, um, all of that comes to bear on our, on our overall, overall health. Yeah, that's good stuff. I love the, uh, I love how you explained the parable of the sower and mm-hmm. and uh, the application into your world. I think that's really helpful. Identify the rocks, and then let's give you some tools to remove those. Um, and that is part of soil tilling, right? Yeah. Um, the, the the soil needs to be tilled so that the seed can fi- find fertile soil, and that's a that's that hard, sweaty in the sun work um, that yeah. that somebody has to do. And not many people want to do it. So thank you guys for, for stepping into that world. Um, as we as we come to a close here, I'd just love to know how uh, we can be praying for you guys. Hmm. So many ways. Um, you know, most pressing lately has just been thinking about all of the logistics of <laughs> moving across the world. Um, yeah, and there there are lots of details there. Um, but I think another another thing that we've been considering is you know, like with the pressures that missionaries can face, you know, as we're going and we're you know raising support, um, it's also important for us to continue to pursue health um, even while we're going through all the stresses of of moving overseas. Um, so thinking about like our own um, spiritual rhythms and our own self care. Um, as we move into an into a cross-cultural context um it's an ethical mandate in the field of counseling to have good self-care because counselors who don't take care of themselves well um, end up hurting clients um maybe using the counseling space for their needs instead of having it be focused on the, the clients um so yeah prayer for our health and our our flourishing um as our family dynamic shift, you know, as I'm stepping into working full time and Elsmarie is stepping away from working a paid job full time and, and taking care of Simeon, which is definitely a job, uh, doing that full time. Um, yeah, those are some things that, that come to mind. Lots of logistics and then also um, our health and flourishing. Yeah. 
And then I think also just, you know, as we're seeing what's next, that we feel clarity for me in the coming months, you know, there'll be lots of different options of things for me to do in Thailand, lots of different ways to plug in and serve um, in a variety of contexts. And I'm already aware of some of those, but I don't know what else God might have. And so I think just wisdom and clarity on, you know, what's next for me in Thailand and then also for us after we come back. Well, that's great. And if people want to connect with you guys, uh, to encourage you, to pray with you, to learn more, to partner with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, um, probably via email would be best. And we can um, make sure that you have our emails. Maybe put it in the show notes or something. Yes, it'll be down there somewhere. Got it. Somewhere in the newsletter with the (laughs) segment. Fantastic. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for your friendship over the years. Um, I have fond, fond memories, Elsa Marie, of you coming over when our boys were little and jumping for a young adult thing at our old house. And next thing you know, you're out there on the trampoline with them for hours and hours. And uh, that, was, uh, that was really sweet. So we're really thankful. <laughs> thankful for you guys. Um, excited for, for where God is leading you. And uh, I know this... Uh, I know this is going to be a big year for you guys, very formational for you as a, as a family, as individuals, and professionally as well. And uh, I'm eager to see what the Lord does uh, through you guys and what He does in you guys as well. So look forward to look forward to staying in touch, and uh, hope you guys enjoy the Thai food and the Simeon's uh, spice tolerance continues to increase and improve. Us too. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for awesome. Thanks for giving this time. All right. Bless you guys. Bye.